everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here. On this podcast, I encourage you to say yes to building a business and a life that you love. And I'm super excited about this week's podcast. I got to have a conversation with Jen Higgins, and she is a certified personality power coach. Don't you love that? I love that. Um, She's the founder of Unboxing Your Enneagram and The Dojo. And so she said that people call her the Enneagram Ninja. And on this podcast, we get to talk about the Enneagram and how she uses it to help women really take ownership of their lives and live lives that they love. So she and I are in the same camp here. There's a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, me too, or I agree with that, or that's a perfect way of explaining that. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. I know many of you are familiar with the Enneagram, and if you're not, that's okay. Join us here. She's going to explain what it is, and believe me, you're going to want to know more about it after you listen to this conversation. So I'm very excited to bring this to you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jen Higgins. Enjoy. Awesome. All right. Well, welcome, Jen. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Can you just go ahead and as we get started, just introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do. Well, I'm Jen Higgins and I am a personality coach And that makes me so excited to say that because it really is my passion. Uh, I I, um, am certified to be a life coach and I chose the program that I chose because they said, we don't want you to call yourself a life coach. We want you to create your own brand. And once I was certified, I kind of got stuck trying to figure out what my brand was going to be. And I don't know where I came across it, but I was like, that's totally me. Love it. Me. So, um, my, my, um, my, let me drink some coffee. (laughs) Yes. It's early. It is early. My focus is the Enneagram. So I'm also certified to be an Enneagram coach as well. And Originally, I wanted to be a life coach that just happened to use the Enneagram and just has circumstances as have it. People just kept coming to me for Enneagram stuff. You're like, you know so much. Tell me about this. And so it's become more of a forerunner this year, especially with COVID and everything, um, kind of forcing us to do things like this online. <laughs> right. And virtually. So that's kind of how uh, I started my business really for the Enneagram was through COVID. I wanted to give back, started a group. Actually, I started with Zoom calls, just people who wanted to continue talking. I was meeting people for coffees and just chatting and talking and they're like, I miss our calls. I'm like, well, let's just kind of do a Zoom call and did that and met a whole bunch of new people that way, just word of mouth. And then when COVID hit, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create a group. I'm just going to create a group. I had fasted social media for about a year. And oh, so I, that's I, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I kind of needed it. Uh, distractible. That's one of our conversations <laughs> that we've had. And um, I guess being isolated, I needed a distraction. 
So went back on social media, was like, oh, let's do this Facebook, Facebook group thing. And the rest is kind of history as far as um, unboxing your Enneagram. From there, created a, a membership called the Dojo. And the Dojo? The Dojo. You know what is so funny about that is I'm watching Cobra Kai right now. Do you know what that is? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not watching it, but I do know what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, so for those of you who are listening who don't know what it is, it's like the continuation of The Karate Kid, which was one of my favorite movies in the 80s. Um, and so they both, you know, have started these dojos. So anyway, that just came <laughs> up when you... <laughs> I yeah. love it. That was before I knew Cobra Kai was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Very on trend right now to have a dojo. <laughs> yeah, so my nickname is the Enneagram Ninja. Oh, I love it. Yes, I kind of got that because my clients and my friends who I would have these side conversations about the Enneagram were just like, you would never know that you're an Enneagram, like, like that I know so much about the Enneagram because I just kind of slide it into my life to kind of figure out how to navigate this stressor in my life or how to navigate this relationship that may not necessarily be stressful, but I, I want to nurture it. Um, and really just understanding myself better. I mean, I've had people say, how do you have the brain space to do that? And I was like, well, I just kind of sneak it in. Like as I learn stuff, I, I figure out how, how to use it and leverage it to make my life, to be more content in my life. So fun that. fact, I'm an Enneagram seven. And so one of the things that sevens are motivated by are um is contentment and freedom sevens don't want to be trapped or deprived and so i don't want to ever feel stuck and right. the enneagram has really helped me personally get unstuck in so many different areas of my life that that's why i'm so obsessed with it but i've always been a personality junkie so like um, it was over 20 years ago. I, well, it kind of starts with, it kind of starts with college. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, w I was meant to be a psychology major and it didn't quite happen the way I wanted to because I didn't make good grades. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And coming out of high school, I was a straight A student college was a different ball game and I just wasn't prepared to be less than an A student. And I had this mindset that if I didn't make an A, I must not be good at it and it must not be the way I should go. And so I made good grades in math. I went with math and then of course got A's in math, went on to grad school because grad schools were throwing money at me and saying, come to our program, come to our program uh, because I did well. Uh, and then I chose statistics, which to me is the most fun math. Seven's also like fun. <laughs> so that was the most fun math, the most intellectually stimulating. And statistics can be used in any field. Right. So I felt like it was the most freeing <laughs> math discipline there was. So yeah. I chose to go into statistics. And during my grad school program, I had to do an internship. And as luck or providence would have it, I landed the most perfect internship. Um, 
I, I do go into this backstory a little bit more in one of my episodes, but to, to make a long story short, I was hired as a statistician, but was surrounded by like five or six industrial organizational psychologists. Oh, cool. Because I was working at a corporate university in the assessment and evaluation program. And what we did is we developed our own personality tool um, and it, we used it to measure cultural health in our company and um, basically to help employees find value in their work by helping them align their personalities with our company's vision and mission and um, our core values of our company. I so, love this. This is was, so cool that you- I get, know! And this, this gives hope for all the like, parents out there who have kids in college, like I do, I have um, one just graduated college and one's in college and one's heading to college. And so I love that, you know, like you said, as luck would have it or Providence, like you ended up. And so it's like, we all take these kind of crooked paths, but like you ended up where you needed to be. And who thought statistics could get into all of this personality (laughs) stuff? Like, I love it. I love it. I mean, it wasn't beyond the realm of possibilities, apparently, because there were a lot of students in my in my classes that were not stat majors they were psychologists and they were kind of um i don't i don't want to say my in uh to this internship that i was that i was doing but it just was some extra connections connections there in fact i'm not even really sure how i got that interview because i was i'm in tennessee and my other prospect was with the NIH in Morganstern, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I really didn't want to go there. This was a local company. I really wanted to stay local. I was a kind of a newlywed. We got married in 96. I think this was 97, 98. And so I, I really didn't want to, to leave my husband. And so, um, so it was just, it really was all planned out it was all laid out and um and so in working there and developing that personality tool um you can imagine i did a lot of research i took my fair share of personality tests and 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 this was really where my obsession of personalities began i was always a people person like people always interested me yeah i was very very much an observer of people and their behaviors, um, of other people's behavior. I was a people watcher, but I didn't necessarily observe myself. (laughs) Ah, that's so good. My daughter's a seven Uh, and, um, she can, she has a personality. She lights up the room. Like everyone wants to be around her. She's like all the fun. mm -hmm. Um, and she knows how to read a room. Like she knows how to like see who's who in the room, that kind of thing. Like, it's really interesting but she's just starting to kind of look at herself. And, and that has started with the Enneagram and she's gotten really, really into it. Before we go any further, what I would love to do is, could you kind of explain to people who maybe don't, now a lot of my listeners know what the Enneagram is because I've mm-hmm. talked about it a bunch. I'm a three, by the way. Um, but if you wanted to just kind of explain what the Enneagram is, if somebody doesn't know. 
Yeah, so the Enneagram is basically a personality tool. Um, and there's lots of personality assessments out there like Myers-Briggs and DISC, the big five. Um, there were several other like, but, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I have an alarm going off. That's all right. <laughs> okay, so it's, the Enneagram is basically a personality tool that, you know, we did a lot of the big name ones in my former job. Uh, and like Strength Finders, Big Five, Myers-Briggs, um, DISC, we did a lot of lesser known ones as well. Um, so it's not unlike those. Personality is basically a set of behaviors. Um, but what makes the Enneagram different and why I, I joke that I dated all those other tools, but the Enneagram is who I married because yeah. it is so specific. I mean, there's, there's always going to be people who fall through the cracks. There's always going to be people who don't quite fit in this profile um, or they're, they take it at work in their one profile and then that very same day they go home and they're a completely different profile. Uh, and the Enneagram explains that with just one profile. And it's really simple, but like anything, anybody can overcomplicate a simple thing, right? Yes. <laughs> and my specialty as an Enneagram coach, as a personality coach, is to simplify it because who needs to go get a PhD in personality when all you want to do is just get along with your spouse? When all you right. want to do is just not dread going to work. When, you know, the day-to-day the -day things is you want to have a game plan in the day and not succumb to our shadow side, which, you know, it's so hard. This is what humans have struggled with for years is just decades, thousands, millennia, yes. <laughs> you know, just knowing ourselves from, from the time that there were humans. <laughs> Can you talk about the shadow side? Like, I think that's really cool to know. Like I, when I took the Enneagram, I think what happens with any personality test is we almost have this feeling of like, Bum, like you can be bummed, like, ooh, I'm that, because we look sometimes at the results, we look at that shadow side, like we, we start to look at like what's wrong with that right. instead of what's right with that. And what I love about the Enneagram is it has, like you get to learn both, like, oh, this is what you're going to excel in. This is what comes naturally to you. This is where you might struggle if you're not in balance, right? And so I kind of like looking at it from that approach, but can you explain to people what, like, for instance, as a seven, what would be the shadow side of a seven and what would be the opposite of the shadow side? Okay. So shadow basically is not, that terminology is not new to the Enneagram. That's just a personality um, term. Uh, but with the Enneagram, it's basically stress or security. Got it. So the Enneagram helps you, it shows you a pattern of behaviors of who you are when you're not thinking about yourself. That's your core number, your core type. It's, um, the Enneagram, uh, for those of you who do 
do, who do not know what the Enneagram is, it's a personality type that is based off of nine basic patterns of behaviors that are associated with one primary, one of nine primary motivations. So you discover your type based off of your motivations, not your behaviors. And once you figure out what your type is, that type shows you your set of behaviors when you're, you know, just relaxed and um, not thinking about your personality. It shows you what your personality is like when you're healthy and making good decisions and mature decisions. And it shows you when you're making not so mature decisions, mm -hmm. when we're under stress. And we can make mature decisions and stress as well. And the Enneagram covers all that. It's, the, it's like, like I made my husband take all of those tests. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's like for fun as a family tonight, we're going to take the Enneagram. That's me and my family. So I am, you're speaking my language. I love all the tests. Right. Yeah. So, so just, it's just fascinating to me. So I made him take all the tests and he was always like, I think I broke it. Like it doesn't, that's just not working for me. I don't get it. And so then he kind of rejects it, but you know, in a nice way, he kind of, he's, he's a nine. So he doesn't just come out and say, that's crap. <laughs> My husband does come right out and say that's crap. Oh, I love it. But you know, in his, you know, peaceful, harmonious way, he would kindly not agree <laughs> with his profile. But you know, the Enneagram came into our lives, you know, in the latter part of my personality obsession. And, and it's neat that it came in that order because me as a, I don't know, I'd, I have healthy skepticism, I should say. I'm not, I'm not an immediate skeptic, but I, I do well, it's more out of wonder and curiosity. I was like, well, I wonder what these other ones are like. I wonder what these other ones are like. So I'm glad that, I guess it's kind of like birth order. You mm -hmm. know, you have the, and then the last one's like, well, I know what to do with this one and that doesn't matter. So. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I've heard it said that your first child's like, it's like making pancakes. The first one you like flip too soon. It kind of turns out like you're not really sure what you're doing. And by the second or third, you like know how to make pancakes. And you're not even thinking about it. And then you can see it so objectively because you're not really picking it apart. Yeah. Per se. But what it brought light to was how much better it was. Because, okay, so the name of my group is called Unboxing Your Enneagram. And what a lot of people don't like about personality tests in general, like we're we're kind of special that we're like, tell me about me. Tell me about me. Uh, people really do want to know that, but they don't want to be put in a box. Oh, that's so true. It's so good. And I have to say when my daughter found out she was a seven, she then like, she started almost using it as an excuse too. And, and I, I was like, honey, that's not how you're supposed to use it. Like she was like, well, mom, of course I'm going out because I'm a seven. Like when she should be studying, she's like, don't box me in. Like, don't, you know, I need to be free. I'm a seven. Yes. And it's like interesting because I think any of these things can be used like that. If, if you're not careful, like I feel like they're more to understand myself so I can, you know, recognize, because I love what you said earlier. You said it's about motivations, mm -hmm. not behaviors. Mm -hmm. And that's 
so much of what I help people with, with coaching, cause I help with mindset. And a lot of times, you know, people think it's about what other people are doing or what they're doing. And it's like, wait, we got to go behind. We got to go backwards from what you're doing because it's your thought that creates your feeling that creates your action. But if we just talk about the action, we're not getting to the thought, the, the motivation. Right. Right. So yeah. that's what I love about um, what you're saying here. And I think understanding my motivation, like being a three, being an achiever mm -hmm. and like a performer almost. Right. So like this can be super positive, you know, for an employee or for somebody, an entrepreneur, this is like a great person or Enneagram type to be, but it can, if it's not balanced, the motivation could be about people pleasing and striving and trying to prove my worth kind of thing. And so that, that to me is interesting to study the motivation because I think it helps you understand yourself, but you have to be ready, right? To take a good look at yourself. And I think for some people, this feels kind of scary. Yeah. Especially so tell me about unboxing it. What does that mean? So when we're looking at our blind spots, <clears throat> it's because we don't know what our blind spots are. We don't even, some people don't even know that there are blind spots. And what we're learning is that we don't know ourselves as well as we think. We do because just like you were saying with the mindset, our, our actions are the last part of the, of the function. Yes. <laughs> Everything before that is really key. And we are so good at conforming to our beliefs. We're so good at conforming in our beliefs. And if I can, if I can, um, convey anything to your listeners what i want to convey first is number one tests online tests are only 50 to 60 percent accurate so it's okay to start with a test just don't stop there and if you really want to get a good sense of who you are maybe don't even start there because what a lot of tests do is you answer a bunch of questions they're generic tests and though i've tried to break some of them <laughs> though some of them do talk to motivations us as individuals have a hard time understanding why we do something we just see that we do it i mean how many of us have said why did i just do that what was i thinking <laughs> in hindsight in retrospect and so what happens with these test is we answer these questions to the best of our ability and our knowledge and our beliefs at the time right and then it spits out a profile or maybe maybe it spits out a few um a top five or or not but we always go to the top we look at those statistics and say 98 percent seven i must totally be a seven and then we go read the seven which mine did not i have not i've only taken one test so far that has pegged me as a seven and it was a $200 test. So unless you, if you have the clams for that, then, you know, go take that test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you don't, there's a better way. There's a better way. And, um, that's, that's a lot of what I talk about in my group is how can you do this in a more accurate way, which is actually faster. Like, do you really want to waste your time chasing all these other profiles just to find out, no, that's not me. I did that. 
Like I had a test told me that I was a six, a test that told me I was a four. I've even had a test tell me I was a two. Um, I've had friends tell me I'm a one. I've never had a test tell me that. But I was like, I don't know if I should be flattered by that. <laughs> so when you read seven, were you like, that's me? Like you knew it? Like when you no. read what a seven is? Mm-mm. No. I actually, this is a funny story. So when, when I decided that I was committed to engage myself into the Enneagram and invest in a program to get certified, I went in thinking I was a four because that was what the last test told me. Mm. And in the program, we had to learn, of course, all of the types in and out because that's what we were getting certified in. And I was just blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I am not a four. And now it's just so duh to me because I understand all the different types. And so what can happen with tests is that when it spits out that one number that you latch onto for whatever reason, because it looks good or you resonate with it or you wish you were that, whatever that subconscious reason, we will read that and find ways in our life to reinforce it. And then we're stuck, which is the very thing we don't want. The very reason why we even want to get to know ourselves is to get unstuck mm-hmm. because that's, that's a box that we that you've put ourselves in. And yes. the interesting thing about personality and human nature is we like to categorize things. It's how we define things. Like we, we relate things to other things in, to, in order to understand them better. Mm-hmm. Like when Corona came out, nobody, nobody knew that it was going to look like this, <laughs> right? I mean, we're like, well, what's a past coronavirus? Well, SARS was a past coronavirus and that was really bad. But here in the U.S., it didn't really affect us. So we put in that category. And so then right. you have some people who might not, some people who are taking it a certain way and some people who are taking it a little bit more lighthearted because that's the category they put it in. And so without recognizing that we do that inherently, we're already in a box. So, so for the people who don't want to take a test because they don't want to be put in a box, we're already in a box. Personality tests just show us the box that we're in yep. <laughs> and that we get formed to. And what the Enneagram does, it shows us that it's really an open box. It's a, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> um, can we pause for a second? Yes. We were just talking about unboxing the Enneagram, like how you, you think, oh, I don't want to be in a box, but we're already in a box. And then we kind of understand through right. that. It's more about understanding. And like, I think people, this is what I mean. People are afraid to do personality tests. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they, it's almost like they don't want to, um, I don't know. I, I have had people say to me, like they find out they're a two and they don't want to be a two or they find out they're a three and they don't want to be a three or whatever it is. And it's like, we have this preconceived notion of what personality is good yeah. and what personality is not as good. Right. And I'm glad you said that because what 
personality is personality. I mean, it just, it is what it is. But the biggest distinction that people need to make is that character is different. Character is a part of your personality, but it's, it's different. And you don't have to be stuck in that box. And nobody wants to be put in a box. And so what, I, what sets the Enneagram apart from all the other tests is that it has a built-in ladder. Because what we don't see is that box is an open box. There's not a top. When we're in the box, we look to our left and we look to our right and we look behind us and all we see are walls and we feel boxed in. But we forget to look up and see where the freedom is. And so the Enneagram has this built-in ladder that we can climb that helps build our character and, you know, characters around our moral makeup and making good choices and um, learning awareness. It's increasing our awareness and having a better mindset. And when we climb that ladder, and it takes work because climbing a ladder takes work. So when we climb that ladder, though, we can see so much farther because we're peeking outside of the box. But that ladder is still grounded in who we are. And so it's not like we can separate ourselves from our personality. And the sooner we accept that, you know, we are who we are, we can start leveraging what our strengths are. Because newsflash, our weaknesses are really our strengths. They're just being used in an unhealthy way. Interesting. Okay, I love the analogy of the box with the open top because I, I've always thought of the Enneagram as more of a spiritual personality test than others. And I don't know if that's because the first book I read about it was called The Sacred Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And it talked about when you are balanced and when you are like connected to God, to your source, you feel more balanced. And so it kind of led in that, in that way. And so I always looked at it as that. So I love the analogy of the box because again, it's just, it's like scripture says, you know, don't look to the left and the right. Right. So if we keep our eyes looking up, anything is possible. But I love the, that image of being grounded in who we are because we do have an original design. And God doesn't make mistakes. And I do believe that certain gifts and talents, you know, are deposited within us. It doesn't mean that we're bound by those. Anything is possible, right? With the looking up and the ladder and all of the imagery I love because that's what it's all about. It's like, recognize who you are. In Great Big Yes, we talk a lot about you have your foundation first. You have to know who you are and whose you are and be grounded in that. Be grounded in your identity that like you have purpose. Yes. You're equipped for your life, right? Not for someone else's life. You're equipped for what God has for you. And so you get that first, that foundation. And then we go into like the focus and the coaching and stuff. And then you get into flow, which is like when those two things come together. And so I love this idea because it's not denying who you are originally, but it's saying I'm not boxed in by that. Right. And when we, if we try to be in somebody else's box, we feel unaligned. And then we don't serve our purpose because- I'm so excited. This yes, is so good. <laughs> because we, you know, like we have to know. So I love, I love how you said we have to know who we are. 
And we do need to know who we are, but more importantly, we need to know why we are because it's the why that makes us move. We can, we can rest in who we are. We can rest in who we are, but it's the why that makes us move take action do, take the action and do the works and, <laughs> and i love so it it is it, it it really is i mean why do why do we do the things that we do and then we know the things that we shouldn't do and we still do them right. why do we do that and that is so key like understanding ourselves is so key and knowing where we fit on the earth in the big plan and trying to figure out why am I even here? Right. And it's when we know why, where we get that connection. I love it. Okay. So if somebody wanted to work with you, you said it's called unboxing the Enneagram. Is that like a free group or is that a membership or how does it work? Um, so unboxing your Enneagram is my Facebook group and it is free. And on September 24th, I am uh, starting a free workshop that's called Know Yourself So You Can Be Yourself. And oh, I love I, that. <laughs> yes, I love it too. And, and what basically what I'm doing is if you're new to the Enneagram, it will really help to um, get you grounded, like a basic understanding of all nine uh, so that you don't go gravitate straight to one number. It gives you a basic understanding of all nine and then goes into how you can type yourself using my narrative approach, not a test. So, I mean, if you want to take a test, fine, but come to the workshop and then verify if the test was actually correct. Or yeah. if you want to save yourself the trouble, just come to the workshop and then figure it out the more accurate way. <laughs> I love um, it. So how do people find you? Like, would they look at like your Instagram bio to get that link or where do they go for the free workshop? Powercoach.com. There will be a wiggly link. You just click on that. It says register for the free workshop. And the, the big goal of the workshop is not just an introduction to the Enneagram. So if you're not new to the Enneagram, you're not going to be bored. You're going to want to be in there too, because the main purpose is to come up with a five minute game plan that's based on your personality so that you know, when we're in the heat of the moment, we're not in our right minds. We can't think, we don't know what to do. And so it's coming up with this game plan that you can whip out like, oh, I've just been triggered. Let me whip out my plan yes. and, and see, okay, this is my type. This is where I go in stress. I recognize this. This is where I need to go in growth and in health. Now I can, now I have a multiple choice option of healthy behaviors to do. And it's so dependent on your number because every number has a different path. Just right. like every human has a different path. My, I'm five foot tall. It is not my path to be a basketball star. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. And so it's not going, it's, I don't need to waste my time, you know, practicing hoops. <laughs> right. So, so we don't need to waste our time practicing these methods that aren't going to work great 
methods, great and valid methods, but don't work for all personalities. And so that's my goal is to get this game plan the, the, in the hands of people who want to be better. They just want to, they want to do conflict better. They want to do life better. They just want to be themselves and feel comfortable in their own skin. Well, I love that because it's not just to know, like for another thing to know or another like book to read or another just thing to do. It, it's going to help you in your life mm -hmm. to take action, to create the life that you want. Yep. Daily, not just that one time. Yeah. <laughs> Enneagram helped me that one time. It helped right. my marriage. No, it helps my marriage. It helps my parenting. It helps how I work with my coworkers, how I work with you know, my members in my group. It, all the compassion. I mean, that's probably the key word is because, you know, other people's behaviors is, is their responsibility, but compassion is my responsibility. And if I can bestow compassion on a wider range of people, like, I mean, we'll see. World peace. That's my goal. World I peace. love it. <laughs> Think big. The great big yes. World peace. I love it. Um, hey, yes to peace. <laughs> yes. No, this is so awesome. And I love the Enneagram. I actually took it um, 10 years ago and I didn't remember exactly all about it. Then I took it again and then I had this inkling. I was like, I think this is the test I took 10 years ago. I went back and found all the records and I was a three 10 years ago and I was a three now. So I think I'm glaringly a three, <laughs> um, but it's helped me understand myself and be more compassionate toward myself as well. You know, not, not that it's like, you know, you said like, you can kind of sense like, Oh, I'm being triggered or I see myself falling back into certain patterns that I know that I've been healed from. I've been transformed, but there's still sometimes this part of me that is can get you know um into that striving or that achieving kind of mentality that competitiveness and i i don't i know when i'm more balanced i'm not doing that and right. so now it's for me like a sign to be like oh wow i feel a little bit out of balance here because i'm doing this thing even though that's part of me and i even forgive myself i want to i want to switch that out and i want to be um aware of that and kind of realign myself right and so it gives me compassion for other people when I know kind of what their personality is and why they, what their shadow might be. Right. And especially in family, like to be able to say, okay, well, she's wired differently and she's doing this because of this, you know, or the spouse um, having a completely different thing. My husband also was like, you know, I don't know if this is right. I, I think <laughs> this is wrong, you know. Um, but he came back tied an eight and a one. And I don't know what that means. What does it mean if you're tied? Well, it just means that the test is looking at behaviors and it's not looking at motivations. Mm, interesting. <laughs> or, or he answered based off of behaviors and not motivations. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of like not into this. Like, you know, I feel like you and I go into the test and we're like, Oh, like kind of open to like looking at ourselves because we've been doing that for so long. Like I'm not trying to hide anything in the test. He might've been trying to like perform for the test because he's kind of, you know, so it's interesting. I think your, your posture as you go into something like this, yeah. you know, because I think people can kind of want to make it a, end up a certain way. So they might answer a certain way. Do you find that happens? Yes. 
Well, it's all subconscious because we all mm -hmm. have blind spots and we don't know what we don't know. And we don't even know that we don't know. So, <laughs> right. So it's, that's another compassion piece. You're just realizing they're not aware of their blind spots. Yeah. And I don't have to know what their blind spot is. I just know that it exists mm -hmm. and and it helps you just get along with people so much easier when you can give them that grace and say, you know, I have my blonde spots. It might not be the same. I said blonde spots because sometimes <laughs> people tell me I'm blonde. <laughs> but, uh, but I have mine. They may not be the same as somebody else's, but it's it still is. Yeah. You know, and knowing that, um, knowing that, Okay, here's an example of where where not knowing your true type, not really understanding and getting that part right, can um, maybe cause more harm than it causes good. Mm. Is think about you know somebody's being dramatic, overly emotional, or something like that, and 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 in someone with the right intention says you know don't cry over spilled milk. Mm. Okay, don't cry over spilled milk. So if this person is normally habitually overdramatic and, and over-emotional, that would be, might be good advice. But if it's somebody that's usually withdrawn and suppresses their emotions and really needs to express it, then that's not good advice. It's going to make it worse. They're going to learn to, it's not safe for me to show my emotions. Mm. And so that's just one example. There's several examples of, you know, I, I'm a seven. I go to a five in growth. One of my best friends is an eight. She goes to five in stress. And so when we're both in our five, we just have to be really, really careful that, that I have to be really careful that I don't bring her down, that gotcha. I'm, I'm keeping her on the healthy side of the five and, and not the low side of the five because that's not healthy for her. And just, even just being aware of that, of yeah. knowing that you know, I have another friend who is a five, just, she's just a five, right? And she can, she has that whole healthy, unhealthy continuum, that ladder that she can be on. And I have to be aware to make sure that, yeah, she tends to bring out the best in me when she's not an, under any stress or she's in security. She brings out the best in me, but when she goes into stress, then it may not be a good time for us to expose ourselves to each other Got in it. both directions because I could bring her down mm -hmm. as well. So um, it's it's very interesting, but we get along so well because of that line. Uh, you know, the Enneagram has all the lines between numbers. Those lines, number one, show us how dynamic we are. And number two shows that we're all connected and yeah. you can find yourself in every single number. And it's designed that humans are designed that way. Mm -hmm. We're meant to be one body, you know, <laughs> like many parts, one body. That's what parts. I was just thinking of. Right. Yeah. You, you might be the hand mm -hmm. and somebody else is the foot look completely different Two completely different jobs but serve a very specific function that is very important and we would not be whole without it. Amen. <laughs> I love it. That's like a perfect place to end. I mean, I could talk about this all day. 
<laughs> Honestly. So I love that you're doing the free workshop. I think that'll be amazing. So I'll put all of that in the show notes. So if you guys are listening and you're on a walk or something, you can go to greatbigyes.com and see how to get linked up with that free workshop. Um, okay. I did not give you any advance notice on this, but usually I ask my guests, um, do you have like a book that you love? It a doesn't book. have to do with the Enneagram. It could just oh, be okay. fiction. It could book. be personal development. Oh it could be That's so hard. You know how hard it is for a seven to choose? Right. <laughs> not your favorite. Anything? That's why I say it, it in this way. It's just a book that you love. Well, I'm not, I'm going to be unbiased here and I'm just going to say the book that I'm currently reading. Perfect. <laughs> so the book I'm currently reading is Beatrice Chestnut's Nine Types of Leadership. Ooh. It's very good. Um, she, she has another book that's called The Complete Enneagram. Um, and, and I like hers. I, these, these are the first two books that I've read by her that I've um, really been interested in. Okay. Um, I love that. That's a good tip for people if they want to read. And even if the nine types of leadership, I, I, that's the other thing, any leadership book I love, marketing books I love, like there's so many things, right? That's why I always ask people about books. But I also want to ask, is there like a, something you watch on TV, like either a movie or a show or something that you love? Again, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but like, and, mm -hmm. and this can be fun. Like for me, it's usually something silly. So don't feel like- no. It needs the first to thing that came to my mind, my, yeah. my first instinct was to say the dog whisperer. Wait, what's the dog whisperer? It's on Disney plus. Oh, I love it. And it's amazing. So, I mean, he talks about, um, reading the energy of your dog and tapping <gasps> into that. I and love it. it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, the reason why I'm loving that we're recording this over Zoom so that I can, so I can see you and, and feel that energy. And, um, but it's really interesting to see how he taps into um, the, the dog's energy, but more importantly, how the dog on a very instinctual level, animal instinct, taps into the energy of their human. Oh, totally. Bonds to that. So totally fascinating. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. And then again, this is like, you know, hard, but someone you admire, it doesn't have to be someone living. It can be, it, it doesn't even have to be, it can be someone, you know, it doesn't have to be someone we know. Somebody that I admire. Yeah, that is hard, Sue. Um, I admire everybody. <laughs> oh, I love I really that. I do, especially since, and that might be a cop-out answer, but it's especially since learning the Enneagram, when I realized the average Joe, how brave they have to be yes, to yes. show up, it's, it's really admirable. And I can find something to admire in everybody. So that's a really hard one. I love that um, answer. And I think it's really real. And I think the more I coach and the more I get to talk to people and get to know people, it's really brave to show up for your life. It is. It really is. And many people don't do it. Mm -hmm. That's why it's such exciting work, but it's, it can be scary. So I love that answer. Okay. And then sorry to do this, but 
one piece of good advice you've been given. It could have to do with anything. It doesn't have to do with your business. Hmm. Well, this, this was something that somebody told me. Uh, my very, very first home business. Well, so it was my mentor back then. And I was just learning about working for myself. I was a work at home mom and had always had a boss before then. And my mentor said, people will always disappoint you, but God never will. <gasps> Amen. Yep. And that has stuck with me. And that was probably 25 years ago. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for being willing to come on here and just saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. We worked it in today. We worked it in. <laughs> we had some resistance and we overcame it. <laughs>